streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! December 21st, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. That feeling you have is called a National Signing Day hangover. Well earned. Well earned. We will be joined here in just a minute by my guys, Mark Porter and Bill Curlick. But first, you know what time it is? It's time for you to step into 2024 with confidence. Thanks to Manscaped where resolutions are met and hairs are neatly kept. As the new year approaches, why not make self-improvement a breeze by keeping your body well-groomed? Introducing Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, the ultimate all-inclusive kit designed to help you feel clean-cut and confident, as you should. Featuring the powerhouse Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, this next-gen trimmer, Ensures precision and ease when tackling your toughest hairs. So kick off 2024 with a trim above the rest and use code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. We've talked about this ad nauseum, but this makes a great gift. If you have anyone in the age group, let's say 14 to 25, they really get into this stuff. Some of it's generational. I would definitely suggest taking advantage of the deal, which is, Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code BUCKNUTS. <laughs> Happy New Year to your balls. All righty. Gentlemen, that wasn't very hard. All right. Bill Curlick, Mark Porter are here. We just went through National Signing Day. Bill called me at 11 o'clock last night and threatened to jump off his roof. And I said, Bill, don't do it. Everything's going to work out. Uh, the one theme I think we should continue to embrace is uncharted waters. Um, things are different now with the NIL and with social media and with whatever the Michigas we deal with. And then if this makes you feel any better, I could see it all changing in a couple of years too. But Bill, 9.53 p.m. yesterday, I got a text from someone very close to the situation letting me know Jeremiah was officially in. By that, I mean Jeremiah Smith, the best high school football player in the country, is committed to Ohio State. He had a ceremony, uh, a quick one, around noon at his high school, Shamanad Madonna, and then the actual appearance of his letter of intent 
did not take place till later that evening. They were crossing T's and dotting I's on his NIL deal. He is in. Letter is signed. Bill, were there anybody in front of your house with pitchforks? Did you see any flames? And uh, how did you make it through the day? Give us a, a wrap on yesterday, according to the dean. <laughs> well, um, that was, I think, national signing day number 36 for me. Hi-o. And uh, uh, they aren't getting any easier, I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> you know, I, as I was uh, working, I, I wrote down a list of things that I didn't exactly hear 34 or 35 signing days ago when, when I first started this uh, transfer portal, NIL, NIL agents, free agency, trainers, transfer portal agents, and I could go on and on. Those, those words weren't, weren't quite used back 34, 35 years ago. You said it perfectly, Dan. It's a different day and age. And, uh, you know, it does make it more difficult, and it makes it more difficult for um, the coaches too, believe me. <laughs> there are coaches, a lot of them out there, that this is a – it's a hard time. You know, you've got to – as you said, you got to get all the T's and – crossed and the eyes dotted and all that and uh you know people were asking on the board last night what's going on and i you know kept telling them it's you know it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be okay i think in this day and age i don't put anything as i said more than once uh in the final category until it's final um but i thought it was gonna be okay and i said it's just getting everything taken care of the details worked out and and all that and they did but it was a process certainly that wasn't the only uh, heart stopper of the day. There were rumors um, during the beginning of the day that defensive lineman Edric Houston was going to flip to Alabama. There was even a crystal ball roll to the point where when I watched the press conference at Buford High School and he had the um, Ohio, Edric, he had the Ohio State a hat in front of him. I was mildly surprised that there weren't two hats there. Um, he sat next to teammate KJ Bolden, who actually flipped right after Edric Houston did from Florida State to Georgia. Um, Mark, I'll go to you for this. You, We know what Edric Houston is. We've done a complete recruiting uh, evaluation of him. And you look at the class without him, it looks a lot different, um, especially because they weren't able to get Amaris Williams. What do you think the difference would have been had they gotten Edric and had they not? Well, the word position scarcity is what scares you at that position. Uh, you, lo you lose the running back. You're like, okay, we'll find other running backs. Right. You lose the defensive end and you don't find any other defensive ends. And that's where I you know, would be scared on, especially on signing day a week before a month before you got a, you got a swinging chance to find them, but not on that day. The letters are all signed. Everybody's all gone. Uh, you would be totally flipping gears into the portal, other ways, transfers to replace them. In fact, it may be irreplaceable. So right. yeah, that's that's where I would stand with the, with the defensive end. When when you when I did see Houston was gone, just like everybody else said, you're like, ooh, that's that's not the warm and fuzzies on signing day. And we put so much effort. There's so much effort put into these guys. 
I talked about this uh, with someone the other day that in basketball, Ohio State had a five man recruiting class once that 18 months after they got there, everybody was gone, which meant you literally wasted three years of travel, effort, phone calls, begging teenagers to do stuff for nothing. So, you know, um, I, I kind of mentioned this in our pre talk about, you know, you could really, if you were being a strategist from other schools, you could really blow things up on signing day by throwing out these offers to flip guys where you offer them an extra 50,000 or a hundred thousand at the last second and you leave people reeling. And I think you, you're going to see more of that where you don't give someone a chance to react to your latest offer and, you know, things get delayed. And then the other thing I wonder is if these kids have NIL agents or not, uh, like we're talking about with uh, Jeremiah, uh, the T's and I's dotted, what do you mean? Do you have to sign papers? Do you have to go to the car dealership and guarantee that the car is coming and on what day? And, you know, it, you just can't say, hey, yes. we're going to give you a, we're going to give you a Raptor and not put it down in writing. Here's the Raptor. Here's the it's not the Raptor with no cool tires and stuff on it. It's right. the Raptor with the best radio, the best tires. So I think there's a lot of stuff like that, that at the last second, uh, if you have an agent and you think about the NFL, NFL, those players don't do anything until that paper is signed, sealed, and delivered, and it's looked over by 10 guys. And I think initially in this process, moms and dads were like, oh, you're going to give us 100000 Good. We're coming. And and they would get there and realize, oh, that 100000 spread out. That 100000 is not guaranteed. That 100000 is coming from different places. You're going to get 50 of it here, 20 of it here, 10 of it here. And all of a sudden, how do you collect? How do you, you know, put someone to the fire when that check doesn't show up on the day it's there. And I think the professionalism of us, of NIL is lacking right now where there aren't truly professionals running these kids. Jeremiah Smith should have been the number one player in the country. He should have had a full blown NFL agent and sure. a representation with this kind of money at stake. No doubt. So when you That's say, things, yeah, think like I'm going to Ohio state, but Hey, I'm just making sure that, this is signed, that's signed, you know, we're, we're phone calls are coming in, we're, we're going back and forth and it all coming down to that last second may give us angst, but I think it would sound like it was a signed sealed deal. And Mark, you must be talking when you say a hundred thousand, you must be talking about the beginning of the NIL because yeah. that, that doesn't get you what it used to get you anymore. You Trust want a backup corner? Uh, and by the way, I have to quickly say, I saw across the bottom of the screen, good morning, Dan, the Dean, and Grand Poobah. And mm. the only thing in all capital letters was grand. It is uncharted waters. I want to say this too, but keep this in mind. Once you involve money, okay, and it's involved, the next word becomes leverage, okay? Jeremiah Smith is the best football player in the country, and there's money being given out. He has all the leverage. That's just how it is. It's not like that for for everybody. So I can tell you, there's going to be a great book written at some point. Hold on, Mark. There's going to be a great book written, and we've referred to these things, of the offers that went out that were not uh, fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? You, Jeremiah Smith was in a position where, I don't need to mess with that stuff. Everybody wants me. Um, I'm the best player and I have leverage. I have, I literally have no problem with what he did. These are uncharted waters. You can't judge these kids anymore 
and say, oh, all they want's the money and stuff like it's it's now it's another column. It's win, loss, money. Okay, it's like I've said this before, like in uh in the NHL, they put those overtime ties. If you look in the newspaper now, it's an actual column. It's not just like a, a thing you argue with your friends about. It's a column, it counts. NIL counts now. It's it's another so if you want to get guys who are the best players in the country or quarterbacks or position scarce defensive linemen, you're going to have to pay. Now, should it be that way? Should it be like it was when Woody Hayes was here? Separate discussion. I can get behind that if you want, but it's not reality. I prefer to spend my time in reality, and then we can discuss that over a cold beer sometime. But the reality is, is it costs a lot of money to do this. And if you want to get the best players, you got to do it. So that's kind of where I sit with yesterday. Anyone who has angsty feelings about um, those guys getting the money, I, I do not have any. Um, this is just the way of the world right now, Bill. Have I mischaracterized that? Do you feel that's accurate? No, and I'd uh, like to add one other thing. that You mentioned Edric Houston and, and there was some angst and getting that done at all. Um, Ohio State, they were uh, they were battling um, all day long. You know, they they the, there were battles going on. You saw the flips yesterday around the country. It wasn't just Ohio State, as you mentioned, Dan. Uh, Bolton flipped to Georgia at the last minute. Well, Ohio State was right in there battling for Amaris Williams too. I mean, mm-hmm. that could have gone. That was closer than people think. Everybody had him written off to. Auburn uh, and Ohio State, maybe third, you know, behind Florida. Uh, they were battling for, for him as well. It didn't work out, but it wasn't for lack of Ohio State going to the wall and trying, you know, what they could to get him. That was a battle that Auburn eventually did win. We had talked about this. This is not all positive yesterday. They lost Jeremiah McClellan, the star wide receiver out of St. Louis. They lost him to Oregon. We talked about this uh, a lot. It was in the boarding house and that I know for a fact that when Jeremiah originally verbally committed to Ohio state, there were people around him, as I imagine there are with a lot of guys who are receivers saying, not the spot for you. You need to go somewhere where you'll be the main guy and you'll get a hundred touches and blah, blah. Um, And he said at the time he wanted to go take a shot at, at being the best of the best. Um, Look, uh, when you get Oregon involved now, I think we all know, as Eric Russell, his timing is beautiful. Um, Oregon's a player, man. The, Oregon, to me, would be – they're in the mix. I, don't, I wouldn't consider them on the level of Ohio State, uh, Alabama, or Georgia, but they might be one of those next schools now that you absolutely have to keep an eye on in terms of competition. Um for the elite of the elite, you see what they've done in the transfer portal, just at quarterback. They, they added two, you know, Dylan, uh, the kid from Oklahoma and Dante Moore. I apologize. I couldn't get dude's last name, but Bill put in perspective, the loss of Jeremiah McClellan, uh, Mark did a great review of him and he can talk about that in a minute because they have lost out on a good player. Now wide receiver, not exactly the largest need, we have two players in the class just personally, I think are better than he is. Now he's still elite. It's kind of uh, 
an endorsement for another one for Brian Hartline is done. But when you have Jeremiah Smith and Mylon Graham in the fold, and I think there are going to be people you're going to see argue that that's the best twofer you've ever gotten in one class, which is saying something. Bill, I went on too long. Take it. Yeah, they. Um, I think a good, well, a couple of good uh, examples or, or, or ways to look at that. Um, as one college coach told me, um, you know, there are five stars and there are five stars. You know, there are different levels, even within five stars. Jeremiah is at the highest five star, and you can pretty much put Mylon Graham up there. Well, McClellan is rated as a high four star. I could put him in the five star category, but not the same category as, say, Jeremiah Smith and Mylon. So, you know, that was disappointing to not get him because he is an outstanding player. Um, but I think, as my son put it during the day, he, my son is a businessman here in the Central Ohio, and he texted me. I, I kind of, I told him what was going on. You know, gonna get Houston, gonna get Smith. No on McClellan. He said, "I'll take that any time." Smith and Houston miss out on McClellan. He said, "No problem. You know, I'll take that." I think that's the way most people look at that. Keep in mind, it's also it's a salary cap sport now. Um, if you got to decide, you want to take a third of something or you want to put that money somewhere else. Um, and again, I'm going to keep going back to this. I'm not saying I, I want it to be a giant money game. Okay. But this is what it is. Spending time talking about how it is, is just silly. Right now, these are the rules. They got to play by them. And also I've said many times, Ohio State is fine financially. They've made this a money game. You know what I'm saying? So, Dylan Gabriel, great call. After, we'll you, after, you, after you read the ad, I'm going to go into uh, a digression about this, if I could possibly spit it out clearly. But real quick before you do, Dan, yeah. I keep reminding people, don't forget, you may have lost some money. You, you, don't, you, you didn't get McClellan, for instance, and you're talking about the money and all. Don't forget about they're working to keep guys on the roster at Ohio State, and that can call and that can take money. Yep. JT, uh, Sawyer, wherever. Sawyer, Tyleek, Mike Hall, Jordan Hancock, all those guys. Don't forget about having money to keep guys on the roster for another year. Mark, I want to get your digression. We'll do it um, right after the break, but I also want to say. Keep in mind when you look at the rankings, if you look at the 24-7 composite rankings, Ohio State is ranked number four. However, the way I do the rankings and the way I view things is your average per recruit, meaning you bring a guy in, what's his average rating? That's because there is a cumulative effect um, to your rating, meaning if you have 21 players in your class, the chances are someone with 28 players is going to have a higher overall rating than you are. That does not mean player for player they are higher. If you do it like that, it's number one Georgia, number two Ohio State, number three Alabama, number four Texas A&M, and number five Texas. So, by the way, everything was supposed to change with NIL. Here are the recruiting rankings. Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Texas A&M, and Texas. Not much different. So uh, the money rises to the top, and so does the quality. Now, 
I must read our next ad. Nuts.com, not balls.com. Do you wish you could go to Willy Wonka's manufacturing <clears throat> mark? Well, since it's not exactly possible, let me introduce you to the online version of that, nuts.com. We are back to talking holiday gifts for people. This is how you want to do it. In addition to an amazing selection of nuts, they have tons of classic candies like butterscotch fudge and licorice. At the grocery store, you can get pecans, but do you want bourbon pecans, sweet and spicy pecans, pecan brittle, or butter toffee pecans? If you're eager to try these, head to nuts.com to see hundreds of different varieties of nuts they offer. We have gotten this at the house here. Like I said, it is the freshest nuts and candy you will ever have. You know when you rip the seal off a bag and you get that air and the smell of just freshness? Boom. Right now, nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at nuts.com. <coughs> backslash bucknuts. That's nuts.com. Backslash bucknuts. Mark, the floor is yours. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Yeah, uh, you made a couple good points, and, and we keep saying uncharted waters. So am and I. I keep, yeah, I keep thinking to myself, are these uncharted waters? Can I, can I somehow peek out? And I'm talking to college coaches and. I had the unique experience of growing up in Youngstown where the owner of the 49ers lived and watching the 80s where Jerry Jones and uh, he totally changed the NFL. Okay. And I'm for the better. Yeah, for the better. And I'm trying to draw some correlations and spit all this out in a way. But, you know, there's different models in the NFL at that time. And a lot of the models were, hey, we want to own our team and we want to make our team wants to make money. We want to sell hot dogs and parking and tickets. And at the end of the year, it, it you know, Owning the Cleveland Browns, you make X amount. No one ever thought there would be two guys that would say, I don't care if my team makes money. I got so much money from developing and oil, and this is a hobby for me. And I just want to win. And if my team loses 10 or $20 million a year and I have a Super Bowl, that's worth it. And you saw the 80s, 90s, Super Bowls being won by guys that bought the Super Bowl, so to speak. And before those teams were doing that they weren't any different than any other team in the you know they cowboys had their run I'm, I'm trying to draw this parallel but i think college football is in a spot right now where you've said it it's a salary cap thing uh dan said you know there's a column for wins and losses and your facilities and your coaches and you know all those columns are what brought recruits in but now there's a column that's simply called money and i think that column's way bigger than some of those other columns where even if Ohio State has Brian Hartline and the best facilities and the, the, the winning, that the money is being used as a trump card the way the Cowboys and 49ers did it. Um, eventually, like you're saying, in a couple of years, this may change. There may be a salary cap. We put guardrails on this thing. Um, but I think right now, 
what's going to happen is the teams that have the most to lose are Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. The teams at the top that do have money are being circumvented by Tennessee's, Miami's, uh, Texas A&M's, Oregon's, who maybe have the 49er Dallas type of thing where, hey, we don't care if we burn 10 or 15 million a year. The other 10 or 15 million we spend is what's going to make it. And that's that same mentality that those teams had where, hey, we're going to lose money every year, but we're going to be in the championship game. We're going to be there. And I think the guardrails have to mimic what's going on at the NFL, like where people, Michigan has a thing where they don't want to pay their freshmen just like Ohio State. And there's a pecking order and, you, you know, you get more as you go and there's incentives. I think there's people who say, yeah, that's the right model. I think that's the way to do it. But I think there's other schools saying, no, we don't care if freshmen are making $2 million and our seniors are scratching, are scratching by. They've been willing to flip-flop this model because there are no rules and go with that cowboy approach. Now, the reason I think you're going to get parity is there's only – Bill said it, and he's going, there's five stars and there's five stars. Well, there's those, only so many of these guys up here, 10, 15 a year. And where did those guys always go? Always. If it wasn't us, it was them. If it wasn't Alabama, it was us. And that's not where they're going. They're not going to Alabama or us or Georgia. They're showing up at other places. We lost Brandon Baker. We lost the, the other kid to Maryland. He, he was going to go to Colorado. Now he's going to Maryland, Jordan Seaton. On what planet do those two players belong any other place but Ohio State, uh, Georgia, or whatever? On no plants. So as these five stars are plucked, two, three, five, ten a year, it's a dilution. And it's going to be a dilution that teams that used to be four possessions better than you or two possessions better than you without even blinking an eye are now in that we got to sweat our you-know-what off to win these games. And, uh, it, it, these, and these players aren't going to come back to hurt Ohio State when they're playing at Maryland and all these – because there's not enough of them at those places. But the conglomerate loss of all of them, these like they're saying, there's only so many of these five stars that are no-brainers. You you really may see parity at the top of college football where, boy, the, you better have a 12-team playoff because 1 through 12 are going to be a lot the same, and, it, and it's going to look more like the NFL. And I know I, I hope I, could, I said all that with some accuracy and it makes some sense, but you just have to look at the NFL to see what's going to happen to this after – it goes off the rails for two years because the guys at the top, meaning us, do not want this system. This system is not beneficial to Ohio State. Even, even if we have all the money, we're going to have to spend all of it just to stay with these guys and, and, and keep guys. Now, that's a benefit of NFIL. We don't talk about the NIL benefits that we can keep seniors that we couldn't have kept before because we have money to keep them. Where we always lost third, fourth, seventh round draft picks, NFL free agents. And you would lose those guys and they wouldn't do it. They should have stayed another year. Now you can buy that extra year. So there's an advantage with that money. But I really, I'm probably the most cynical of this group. And I'm headed more cynical, I think, with this stuff. Where I'm worried that, yeah, the big boys got to put their foot down at the next NCAA meeting and say, hey, we need a vote on how we're going to put our arms or, or some sort of fence around this NIL and these transfers. Because it is not beneficial to the guys at the top. And Someone made a point to me the other day where uh, there was a, a donor that left Harvard who donated a billion a year, and he was mad about the uh, political policies on campus. Uh, someone puts that kind of money in an endowment or 
funds your team or, and anything like that. And it could be at Kent State. It could be at Harvard. And they say tomorrow, guess what? We want Jeremiah Smith and we're going to double your offer. We want this guy and we're going to – it's a it's a bizarro world that hasn't existed yet. But Eddie DeBartlow and Jerry Jones can't go buy any NFL teams anymore. They're, they're all sold. The only place you can buy right now is a college football team. And if you have – if you're the guy at Kent State who invented the liquid crystal and you've got all this money in the bank and you say, you know what? On a whim, I want Kent State to be one of the best teams in the country in the next five years. It's just a money problem right now. It is, it is not a facility problem. It's not a coaching problem. It's just a how much? Okay, here's the check. And if you have that mentality where I'm going to set this money on fire, that I think, you know, I'm progressing this to a maybe an absurd place. But no, but it, look, if they don't put guardrails on this, um, and there are rumors of those happening at some point, I, I don't see how it's possible. It won't that won't take place? That always takes place in anything. When there's no salary cap and we've for oh, there's no it's just unlimited wealth. This is Seth Floyd. You said uh you were the craziest person on here. I'm gonna go with Seth Floyd. <laughs> Jeremiah Smith must like lose three games a year because Ohio ain't beating Michigan, Oregon, or Washington, frankly. Okay. I wonder how those teams good. are gonna go do against you when you lose 44 super seniors. And you're on probation and lose 10 scholarships. As John Gorby says, have a piece of cake, Seth. <laughs> um, all right. Let's t- hear exactly. Neil Harris, thank you very much. Why do we care about the Bobcats? They're in the same state. Sure. This ain't Athens. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the transfer portal bill. Uh, Caleb Elarms or. Verbally committed to Texas Christian. I did not say this on the air. I was not totally sold. Kamari Ramsey, we are still looking for. And it now seems like there's going to be a post-signing day push to add to the roster from within. You mentioned this earlier. I think the problem, not the problem, the reason Ohio State, besides just the schedule and the bowl game coming up, is I think a lot more guys are coming back than people think. What do you think, Bill? I think that's very possible. Um, I don't think uh, a month and a half ago, a lot of people thought there was any hope that JT was coming back. Um, And I'm not saying he is, but I'm not saying he's gone either. Um, Jack Sawyer is another one that uh, wouldn't shock me at all if he came back. Jordan Hancock, I've mentioned. They really would like to keep Tyleek Williams. Um, very possible. Um, again, I'm not, you know, those guys, as we, Dan, you and I have talked about, the paperwork takes time and you got to see how things play out with that. But don't count on all of those guys you might have thought were going a month or so ago as going. And there are others. Um, you know, for the defensive line right now, I've been asked this a, a number of times. They, they have to see how things are going to settle out with their own defensive line. But um, some names to keep in mind out there still for the defensive line. Derek Harmon, Michigan State, has not declared what he is going to do. Um, he would be a great addition to this roster. Um, Dominic McKinley, who 
committed to Texas A&M, did not sign with Texas A&M yesterday. He made an official visit to Ohio State. Um, he is not going to sign now till February. So that's going to be interesting. I do expect Ohio State to circle back and and, and look into Dominic McKinley again as a possibility. I'm not saying they're going to get him, but at least uh, look into that. Uh, I posted a what I am hearing yesterday on Dominic Kirks, the defensive end uh, from Painesville that is going Riverside, Painesville, Riverside is committed to Washington. But uh, I did, a, like I said, I did an article on him yesterday. He probably won't sign. The chances are pretty good that he doesn't actually sign with anybody till February because he is uh, not going to be an early grad. So, you know, there's three names to keep an eye on. And again, there's going to be a lot more names in the portal between now and the middle of January. And when those college uh, football playoff bowl teams are, uh, those games are over. There are going to be a lot more names in the portal. So there's a lot, lot to be done still. I'll tell you the name I'm looking for now, just for my own personal geeking out about the team next year is Travion Henderson. The idea of going Jeremiah Smith, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Jelani Thurman, Travion Henderson is uh, borderline intoxicating in terms of potential and uh, talent. That would be unreal to watch, um, especially knowing that. And by the way, somebody to throw to him. Uh, Ryan Day talked about this yesterday that Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz have looked good. And I had I had been hearing the same things from people uh, that I've talked to that they've looked good uh, in practices leading up to the Cotton Bowl. So we don't know for sure. I mean, when, when the uh, lights go on, the bolts are flying, all that, you don't know exactly how somebody's going to react, especially in the Cotton Bowl. But, uh, you know, indications uh, have been good. I know that, and I've said this, there's going to be a large segment of the Bucknuts population that's just not going to accept Devin Brown until they see him kick butt because Kyle McCord beat him out, theoretically. Makes sense, I guess, on some level. Uh, Human beings get better. Um, You know, Kyle had an extra year at least over Devin, and um, just as Devin was kind of starting to show us what he could do, he got hurt, so... You know, he didn't have a lot of prolific passing for us to see. Uh, and there hasn't been a lot for us to see of either of the dudes, Keenholz or him. So I think we need to have the benefit of the doubt given here. And also, because he was a backup, I think people get the word backup in their brain. Go look at his ratings coming out of high school. It wasn't like they flipped him from Ball State. You know what I mean? He was a Elite 11 kid. All right. This name is going to come up here. So let's nail it right here. Bill, Tackett Curtis, uh, middle linebacker. I thought for a long time he was going to be a Buckeye, recruited out of the New Orleans area. Uh, Jim Knowles was a huge fan, and as it came down to it, he chose USC, played a lot as a freshman, and he's in the portal. Do you think there will be a second chance for Tackett Curtis and the Buckeyes? Well, that's a kid that Jim Knowles – really 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 liked i mean they (laughs) when you talk about rolling out the red carpet for an official visit his whole family um made it to columbus pretty much his whole family on that official visit and they really rolled out the red carpet for him um you know is there a chance 
that he'll be a Buckeye? Yeah, I, there, I think there's a chance because they reached out to him. Jim Knowles, as soon as he got in contact or as, as soon as he got in the transfer portal, before midnight that today, Jim Knowles had been in contact with him. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. But they did reach out to him. So we're going to be monitoring that. Yeah, I think you're going to get a focus on the bowl game here for a while. And then um, after that, the teams at the top, <clears throat> excuse me, those in the final four, the Georges of the world, I think you're then going to see like a post-bowl game mini uh, flurry of activity because as much as the rule allows you to play for your team, even if you're in the portal, it's not necessarily a great look, I don't think, uh, if you're in the portal while the game is going on. Um, so that's a little bit of a challenge. There was one name on here also, Bill, I wanted to ask you about. Do we offer Corey Foreman? Corey Foreman, a well-publicized – I've been asked to keep those up longer. Uh, Corey Foreman, a well-publicized defensive end at one point in time, was one of the higher-rated players in his class, not anymore – um, at USC also like Tackett Curtis also in the portal bill. Do you see that being a, a guy they go after? I have not heard. I have not had anybody tell me that, the, that they're on the verge of offering him so far. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, they are looking for edge guys, defensive yeah. tackles and defensive ends. I just can't say that anybody has told me that that's a guy that is, you know, Hey, he's going to get offered type thing. Last one here, Jason Jackson. Any news to possible movement within the coaching staff? There's always movement in the coaching staff. I can't remember a year. Maybe someone can, Bill, you can uh, correct me, that they come back with the exact same staff. So there will be some movement. Um, but like I said, I don't think you're going to hear much about that until the uh, final whistle in the Cotton Bowl. Um, let's get that knocked out, and then we'll go from there. Bill, the last word. And I do believe that uh, Ryan Day addressed that during his press conference. I think he said something along the along lines of what you said, Dan. That uh, there's not going to be any changes or anything done until after the Cotton Bowl. Right. I mean, <laughs> why would you? I know, and I, I get it that everyone has their their candidates and their moves they want to make, but they're not going to. Uh... All right, Chad Stryker, one of our best. Bill, could you redo this for him? He's late. Chad Stryker asked, did you guys talk about Dominic, Dominic McKinley before I hopped on? I think it was about the exact same time. So, Bill, wrap that up and we'll go. Well, he um, is a Texas A&M commitment, did not sign with Texas A&M yesterday, and is not going – unless something changes, he's not going to sign with Texas A&M today or even tomorrow. Uh, his mother has said that uh, they're going to take this into February before he signs with anyone. Um, I do think Ohio State will um, – Look, to get back in that, I think that, uh, you know, he made an official visit to Ohio State the weekend. I believe it was the first weekend of June, June 2nd. I believe that was his first official visit. It went well. He considered Ohio State, and he is an outstanding talent at a position of need. So if he's going to be out there still, why wouldn't you? I, I fully expect uh, that Ohio State will continue to be uh, a player in that in that recruitment. Bill, I lied. Any news on Kamari Ramsey from UCLA on his visit to CBUS? This is actually the last question, <laughs> unless another good one comes in. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, right, yeah, Kamari Ramsey 
He's a guy at high state. That would be a great one for Ohio State to get. He's a safety, was UCLA's best defensive back this past season. Multiple years of eligibility left. So uh, left. So he, he fits the profile, the uh, Ingmanosan profile. Um, having said that, I think it's going to be tough. You're battling for a West Coast kid against Washington and USC. They did host Kamari on an official visit as the Washington USC's in there. I, I just think that one is, I wouldn't say out of the question, but I think it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's a shame. Cause he would be, I think a plug and play starter. Um, he almost came here during his recruitment and then chose Stanford and then UCLA. So it does feel like a West coast vibe. We appreciate all the vibes. All's well that ends well, I guess. Um, Bill and I and Mark are each, we lost some weight yesterday, possibly. We reclaimed a cigarette addiction that I'd long since put away. But we, it came out in the end successfully, and we have a ton to look forward to. We will kind of shift to Cotton Bowl love here and then get everything squared away. We appreciate our guys stopping by. We appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Bye. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.